Need a podcast that sates your desire for houseplant information, relaxing chat and general leafiness? You're in just the right place. This is On The Ledge Podcast and I am your host, Jane Perone. And in this week's show, I visit Tony LeBritton to find out about his new book, Not Another Jungle. I don't know how Tony and I have managed it, but we both have books coming out in the same month of the year, that being April 2023. Tony's book is out on April the 6th and mine is out on April the 27th. You may remember Tony from episode 191, where I interviewed him about his rare plant collection, including some wonderful aroids. That was back in July 2021. And last year, he opened a houseplant shop in Northampton and somehow found the time to write a book about houseplant care. So we sat down in the back room of Tony's wonderful shop, also called Not Another Jungle, to talk all things houseplants and books. We're here to talk about this lovely, lovely book. The that book. Has I know, and I feel like we've been on parallel journeys with this. I'm not going to go on about my book, because that's not what this episode is about. But it's really <laughs> exciting that your book is now a physical thing. How does it feel? It still doesn't feel real, even though I'm sitting, sort of touching. I I'm can't touching help but <laughs> touch the book. It does feel really good, it though. It does feel nice. And you keep sitting stroking it as yeah. well. And it has been a parallel journey, and I've got to say, first of all, thank you, because you were um, a little... A little person to be there that I could reach out to and just ask questions and we bounce some things back and forwards and it was it was lovely to have someone on that journey with me as well and uh, never mind not talking about your book you've just given me it and I have previously <laughs> read it and it is amazing so oh, I, it's, well, it's thank a you really bringing a tear book. to my eye but I mean I, I'm, I think the thing about books these days is that probably with the world of instant media we kind of think that um we don't realise the amount of work that goes into these things. Nope. I know you've worked incredibly hard on this. So tell me, what? who is this aimed at? It's called Not Another Jungle, you Everything you do is perfectly branded to Not Another Jungle, even down to the fact that the beautiful navy blue end papers are the same colour as your shop. Um, but tell me about who this is for and what you were trying to achieve with this book and um, are you happy with it? I'm really happy with it. And, and being completely brutally honest, it was peaks and troughs all through writing this book of being incredibly happy, incredibly proud to absolutely hating it. And <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think people understand that journey you go on and how tough and draining it is to write. But it's been the most incredible thing and something I thought would never, ever happen in my life. It's not even, you know, some people say... It's something I dreamed of. It didn't even enter a dream to write a book because it was I felt it was so inaccessible for, for someone like me to write a book. But here we are, I'm sitting with my own book Ooh. in front. And it was really about bringing together a book that looked beautiful, that is a feast for the eyes. You know, I use plant porn in a lot of stuff. And I think the way that a lot of these plants are photographed in the book is, is sheer plant porn. They're beautiful, like works of art. And then bringing in a bit of science into the world of, of houseplants because a lot of houseplant books are, are are almost just recycled 
information that's been out there for a long time and it's sort of become the truth and become the way that you care for your plants. But actually, if you stop breaking some of those things down, as I've done in the back with the myth busting, they don't make scientific... Uh, they don't make sense scientifically that, you know, for instance, very low light house plants, you know, or, or no light house plants, <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> but you yeah. go to a shop and you see these plants for the darkest corner or the mm. shadiest spot and or homemade fertilisers that are covering the back as well. Oh gosh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> the bananas. The, the bananas, the eggshells, <laughs> the, the coffee grounds. <laughs> and, you know, it's difficult online to explain these things because there's so much information out there saying that this is the right thing to be doing that it becomes factual, almost fake fact. <laughs> yeah. Whereas once you start breaking that down and, okay, so how much, how much potassium is actually in a banana skin... Um, how do the plants access that? They pretty much can't in a house plant. So then you can start breaking things down, and once you've broken the the non-facts down, you can say, okay, well, how do we fertilise our plants? Mm-hmm. So throughout the book, it's really about bringing together science and helping people understand why we do these things, not just telling people to do something, but really getting an understanding for your plants. Yeah, I'm, I love the fact that you've got like actual diagrams in here. <laughs> I was really, you know, I, I wasn't, I was expecting the gorgeous photographs and the lovely aroids and all of that, but I'm really pleased that you've got like some serious, you know, a, a diagram of a plant cell. <laughs> I just diagram. love that, you know, cell turgia and all things like that. It's just really good to have that in there. And um, I think, in a way, it's. That's what I love about houseplants is that they are such an amazing combination of science, of art, of culture. And that we need to bring that into the way we look at them rather than, as you say, sort of like these household remedies of sticker banana on the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, why don't people just want to buy houseplants? I, I mean, I, I love a banana skin, don't get me wrong. Put it on the compost tea, Perfect. but yeah. not on your plants. Not in a tea. <laughs> not in a tea to then pour on your plants. Um, I know. But... But I think there are, so there are houseplant books or science books out there, but, you know, it's a lot of information for most people to take in. Mm. It's fairly boring. That's not the pretty pictures. Mm -hmm. And I I wanted to bring those two things together to make this science really accessible to absolutely everyone. So whether you've, whether it's your first houseplant or you're an avid collector, there's something in the book for everyone. And that's something I've tried to do through the whole brand, Not Another Jungle, you know, on Instagram, it's, it's a mixture of really easy care sort of information with some really interesting facts from, you know, that people may not have heard of before. In the shop, I try and have plants that are, you know, super easy care, maybe, you know, five pounds, first ever plant for someone, right up to plants that collectors are looking for. So it's it's trying to make the brand and plants in general just accessible to absolutely everyone and exciting for everyone as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, you are the hardest working man in the houseplant world. I don't know how you do it, how you've written a book and opened a shop and done an amazing, you know, um, amazing amount of social I've media. I just, ten years. <laughs> I was going to say, when do you sleep? <laughs> I, it makes me tired just thinking about it. So I salute you for that. Um, and I think um, it's, but it's, it's, this book is a really great addition to the sort of array of different houseplant books out there because it does do something different. Uh, I love the photographs. 
Now, you are a photographer, but you didn't do the photography for this book yourself. Why was that? Because it was just another thing to do. It was just another thing to do. Initially, I was going to do the photos mm. um, because I wanted to have that creative control because, newsflash, I'm very controlling yeah. when it comes to how things I mean, look. I mean, li- I'm literally wearing a badge <laughs> that says pedant today, so, um, you know, I sympathise. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, the amazing photographer, Jason Ingram, did the photos and he did the most amazing job. And I think Jason and DK, the publisher, and me were a little worried about working with, you know, me as a photographer working with another photographer. But as soon as we got together on the day, it just clicked. Um, I I had the joy of, of being creative, of preparing all the plants, spending months or sometimes even the year before preparing that plant for this one photo and making it look really good. And Jason really appreciated the fact that my eye could allow me to get something camera ready. Mm-hmm. So we just, <laughs> I'd done everything, prepared it all, we put it in, he gets to take the beautiful oh, photo. It must have been the dream job. It was really, <laughs> and that was one of my favourite parts of the book were the photo shoots and preparing the plants for the shoot as well. I mean, it wasn't all smooth sailing, because if you can imagine, for instance, the variegated Raphidophora tetrasperma, um, and not many of them at the time, weren't many of them around. And for the book, I showed how to stem propagate that. So I have to have that plant ready in all different stages mm-hmm. of the propagation, from it being first cut, to the shoot, to its first leaf, right. to being rooted, <laughs> all for that one day. Mm-hmm. And same with begonia leaf cuttings. I basically had to make like 50 of them mm-hmm. two weeks apart to make sure I had one in each stage of its development right. for a step-by-step. <laughs> so it's a lot yeah. of work. Uh, that is a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, was... what are some of the stars of the show? I mean, I suppose maybe it's something like this... Um, you know, I've just turned to this beautiful... I like the way on, on the, the, some of these pages, the profile pages you've made, you sort of turn sideways to have a portrait view of this plant. This Anthurium magnific- Magnificum, I can't even say it. It's so exciting. <laughs> I mean, I just... I mean, you know, this is not my bag, but I can really appreciate the beauty of that leaf. Yeah. Um, how did you pick the plants for the book? So it was a real combination between, obviously, what is looking really good at the time... I wanted to show a really wide variety of plants, not just aroids. We've got orchids through the book, we've got beautiful begonia, we've got cacti and succulents as well. And um, it was it's what's looking good, what's going to be really interesting. And each plant profile in the book relates to the chapter that it's in. So some will relate to humidity or light or watering. And um, it just sort of helps tie everything together. Well, I have to say it's... There's a lot of gorgeousness in here to enjoy. Um, were there, was there anything in here that you found really challenging to write about or anything that was particularly um, enjoyable or, you know, that you really got into that you were flying away with? Or where, where were the peaks and the drops? <laughs> um, so the peaks have to be the plant processes for me. Um, they're the parts in the book that I knew about, but just writing them... And realising just how amazing the plants are around us and the things they're doing without us even knowing. And, and, and what I'm really proud about is that the people who've read this so far, people in the press, some of them might not even have houseplants. 
but they're really fascinated by the book and it's making them stop and say, wow. And then from that, you get an appreciation from them and maybe you want to get a houseplant or you want to learn about your own houseplants a bit more. And that's what it was all about. So they're the, they're the peaks for me because it's not only sharing amazing things, but it was also almost exciting me a little bit more as well. Because as you know, in, when you have a lot of plants, you can sometimes just become a bit of a burden or it just becomes a <laughs> lot, right? <laughs> And yes. just these little nuggets of really interesting things um, just just inspired me and, and helped me plough on with the book as well. Um, and the, the troughs. I think some, some of the troughs probably had to be looking at the myths and trying to source that really accurate scientific information to back up what you were saying. Mm. Because most stuff out there you search for, let's say plants purifying the air and everything that comes up is basically in support of plants purifying the air until you start delving deeper and also trying to look at the studies and not just how someone else has broken it down um, and how the information has been perceived like the NASA study which is quoted all the time but (laughs) since then it has been broken down by a lot of of, uh, studies since so it's really interesting, but definitely a difficult one to find definitive answers on things that will really support what you're writing. Um, another big trough was the fact that we had a really hot summer and the heat stopped some of my anthuriums from going to seed. And we wanted to show seed collection and how to germinate seeds. So the day before the photo shoot, I had to travel out to the Netherlands because I found one place I contacted Botanic Gardens in the UK, RHS Gardens, to see if they had anthurium at this stage, um, in fruiting stage, because I had to have this photo. And everyone was like, just leave it out, it's fine. And I'm like, no, we have to show this, it's exciting. So I found um, one grower in the Netherlands that had one plant in that stage, and they allowed me to borrow it. So I travelled over there, collected this in fructescence, brought it back, photographed it, took the seeds out of it, and then I had to ship the seeds back to them so I could continue growing them. So that was a real challenge. And obviously by the time I got back, I think I arrived back in the UK at 6am after an eight-hour ferry journey. And then we started shooting it at eight. I was <laughs> so... saying again, the hardest working person in houseplants. Had to get That's in the amazing. book though. <laughs> Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat, it's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living.
Available to buy now wherever books are sold. More from Tony LeBritton shortly, but now I'm going to talk a little about my book, Legends of the Leaf. Now, the great thing about these two books, in my humble opinion, is that they are really complementary. They don't cover much of the same ground, really, because they're very different books. But I think the two of them together give you a really fascinating insight into houseplants. So I hope you'll maybe go out and buy both. But let me tell you, as I've been doing every week in the run up to the launch of my book, another fact from Legends of the Leaf. This week's fact concerns Dianea muscipula, the Venus flytrap. And the thing about the Venus flytrap is it doesn't really trap flies. Well, not many, certainly when it's growing in its native coastal climes in North and South Carolina in the United States, most of the things it eats, according to people who have done surveys of its traps, are things that dwell on the ground, beetles, spiders, things that crawl rather than things that fly, which kind of makes sense when you see one of these in the wild and you see the position of the traps on the ground, it does seem rational that things would be climbing into them rather than flying into them. This plant, though, is adaptable. And of course, if you grow it as a house plant, it will eat plenty of flies given the chance. And indeed, also interesting to note that If the traps are submerged during times of flood, which can happen, this is a low-lying coastal area that Venus flytraps grow in, the traps can still shut on underwater creatures when submerged. So pretty flexible they are, but I don't think I'm going to start a campaign to start calling them beetle traps or spider traps, but, you know, the thought's there. So that's my fact from the book this week. And if you want to find out any information about this book, check out legendsoftheleafbook.com. That's legendsoftheleafbook.com, where you'll find all the links you need, whether you're buying the book in Denmark, New Zealand or the UK or indeed America. uh, You can find links to get the book. All the information about it is there. And indeed, the ebook version is now available and should be in the inboxes of everyone who has pledged to support the book. The thing that isn't there currently as I speak is a page that is previewed in the book on my website. So there will be a page on my website which references major academic papers and other sources consulted in the course of researching the book. It's not quite ready yet. I didn't know that the ebook would come out before launch date, so I'm a tiny bit behind. If you are finding that link now, there won't be anything on it, but I promise you within the next few days that will go up. I'm working really hard on getting that finished, and apologies that it isn't there right now. If you've got any questions about the book, obviously drop me a line and I'll endeavour to help and answer it, but otherwise all of that information will be going up very, very soon, because I know some of you love your deep dives into the topics covered in the book. But that's enough about me. Let's get back to my chat with Tony LeBritton. I'm sure I've seen this on your social media, this super, super tiny orchid with this incredible, really quite bizarre flower, Corymus cortatus. (laughs) This is something you seem to be particularly fascinated by. I know it's been in your socials. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at that and thinking... Yeah, it's okay. No! no. <laughs> Take that back! 
great orchid. Sorry, Tony. I'm not. Wow. I'm, I'm gonna. I feel very attacked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna bring you some amazing Gisnerias, but you know. <laughs> What is it about... This is what's fascinating about houseplants, though, is that for one person, something can just spark off this incredible yeah. reaction where you're absolutely fascinated. And I'm sure when I read the text here, I'll probably be fascinated too. <laughs> um, you've literally given me the book about half an hour ago, so I haven't had a chance <laughs> to read it. But tell me about this particular orchid and why it's in here and what it offers us in terms of being a fascinating plant. So... That was never supposed to be in the book. Okay. But, miraculously, it, its flower opened on the day of the shoot. And Corobus cardatus is an extremely rare orchid, um, which my wonderful friend Rohir, botanist at Hordesleiden, gifted to me a while ago. And uh, he, he has it, and not many people around the world have it at all. Um, in Peninsular Malaysia, where it's from, it's thought extinct. Um, it, there were... Uh, subsequent trips out there to try and find it and it's it's never been found again so I love rare things and, and I know people shy away from saying oh, I, I like it because it's rare a part of this plant's fascination is its rarity you know it's incredibly rare and I grow this on my windowsill in a sandwich bag <laughs> and that is what fascinate that's the fascination also just trying to be successful with it it's so rare and and I know Q's been gifted some of this before and it, it unfortunately died and trying to be successful with this plant trying to propagate it that's a huge not only responsibility but challenge and and that's why I'm fascinated with it and then when it flowered for the for the <laughs> on the day of the shoot we were like we have to get this in here. yeah I want to oh. share it with people and show it to people yeah and absolutely right it has a huge reaction on on Instagram it went viral mm -hmm. the first time I posted it because not only does it have the most fascinating flower, it's incredibly small, but its leaves look like anthurium leaves. You probably can't mm. see it in that picture because they're really flat, but they have that sparkly veining through the leaf and they're anthurium sort of heart-shaped leaves as well. Mm. So yeah, there's a fascination. It's not the only coribas I have now. I have a few coribas and, and it's the challenge for me. I'm looking at 90 plus percent humidity uh, here on the care information. I'm thinking, yeah, that's going to be a, a challenge. Sandwich that is bag. Be a challenge. Well, sandwich bag, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But you must be doing some, you know, like the fact that you're growing that and Q's failed. Maybe it's just that, you know, Q's got a lot of plants, you've got a lot of plants, but maybe on a yeah. scale that when you can keep... Particular. Particular, yeah, you're going to yes. take particular care so of it. So I think, well... The reason it's been successful for me is because I forgot I had it for a long time. I'd stopped. I, I got it from... I can't remember how many years ago, but I got it a while ago, and I grew it from tiny little... few tiny little leaves. In the sandwich bag, Rohia said, don't experiment with it. Just right. leave it in its sandwich bag and put it somewhere that's very low light and not too warm. Um, because I think a lot of people think, ah, Malaysia, warm. Mm -hmm. Let's put it in the warmth. And they just rot. They melt. Okay. My spare bedroom that I never go in, it's full of boxes, um, it's on the windowsill there, it's really cool, it's been down to less than 10 degrees, and in Peninsula Malaysia it grows on limestone, and the water where I'm from in Northampton is incredibly hard, it's limestone, and I think that really helps. Ah, there you go, now those, <laughs> are, the, those are the top tips. I mean, this is illustrative of the fact that, you know, an easy plant for one person will be a super hard plant for another person and yeah. uh, you know I guess this is part of your work with the book and also the shop is when somebody comes in trying to elicit from them well you know 
what is your house like? Yeah. Because, you know, even within the UK, there's so many different kind of types of houses and um, conditions. Yeah. When you have somebody coming into the shop or, or when you're guiding somebody through the process of buying plants, you know, do you find that, presumably that's a fun thing to do for you? Because oh, you I can... love it. I love being in the shop. It's, I, I think I, if I could just be in the shop all the time, which to be fair, I pretty much am. Um, <laughs> you're but... open seven days a week, <laughs> you? Yeah, you are. I mean, at least five days a week, but I, you know, sometimes I have to go away and do other work and what have you, but I love being in here. I love interacting with customers. And I've loved for the last year seeing people coming in who've either fit my favourite are people who failed with house plans before or it's their first house plant. And seeing some of these people actually collect house plants now and be really successful with them is so great. And we talk about sustainability and, and that's one thing that we focus on, but probably from a different angle than a lot of people. I think people look at substrates and look at pots and things like that. Are method of being sustainable is making sure someone leaves knowing exactly how to care for that mm. plant and making sure that they take the plant home that's going to do well in the home that they have where they want to put it that's half the battle and if we can make sure people are able to care for the plants they're not going to kill them and then have to replace them and for me that is the most sustainable thing absolutely it then yeah. isn't a single use product it's something that will yeah. last for years and years and we try and we don't have any care labels in the plants. You might have noticed when you're here, any care, plants that come in with care labels, they're removed. Um, but actually, the growers that grow for us, they know that we don't want them. Um, it's a waste of plastic, but also it's usually just full of rubbish. Yeah. Um, and we instead like to talk to the customers, get them to describe the room, even show us pictures or videos, find out what way the, the window faces, when the direct light comes in, and then we'll show them plants that are suitable. And then you get to choose the ones you like. Because I think a lot of people choose houseplants just based on what they like the look of and try and make it work in that little corner. But as you know, that, that that's a recipe Absolutely. for disaster. <laughs> that is a recipe for disaster. We've all been there. We've all been there. Well, it's, I'm really excited that this book has come to fruition. And um, is there anything else you want to tell me about it before... Uh, we end this interview. Is there anything else that we need to immediately turn to? On a, I mean, that the cover. Oh, we should talk God. a little bit about the cover. Um, yeah, the cover was. The cover fun. is nice and very you. Um, <laughs> it um, is. I, it was. We struggled with the name, so it was never going to be called Not Another Jungle. Okay. And I was really adamant. So when I first signed up for this book, I said, I don't want to be. In the book, no pictures of me. Yeah, where's pictures of property. you? Where's the, where's there the, are two. Is there, okay, I think gonna, there might be oh, three. Oh, I think I've seen one. I think There's I've seen one, one at the back. very back yeah. with the dog. So I was like, okay, we've got to have that in. Absolutely. I wanted the dogs in. Um, there's one at the front, um, which was taken after I just got off a flight from the Amazon. So I looked okay. horrendous <laughs> and somehow that made it in. Oh, that one? That one. From the side, you look so very sincere there. I was falling asleep, <laughs> <laughs> just you're wiping down at, my ascanthus. You're not what, wiping down that plant with great love. That's <laughs> all I can say about that. Bit. It was, and I you're not wearing was, a hat, Tony. You're not. I can actually know well, what your hair looks like. This now. was the thing is, I said I don't want to be in the book, on, and then they almost forced me mm. that okay, well, we want, want you on the cover, and I kept saying no, 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 no. They took a few cover shots. And I, I just stress, I don't want to be on the cover of this book. This book is about plants. I don't want it to be a sort of influencer, sort of lifestyle book. This is a serious houseplant book to really learn from. And um, so I just, 
I, uh, although I do social media, I hate having my photo taken. So I really wanted to keep them to a minimum. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one thing to know. And the cover is... Um, we, we came back to Not Another Jungle after going round and round in circles. And the cover, I'll post some behind the scenes online. It's, it was really fun when we did it. A lot of those leaves have little fishing wires on them. And there's me lying on the floor, pulling the leaves into p- the perfect position. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just trying to get the shot. I, I hope that um, the publishers have the photos of me just lying on the floor, showing yes. the, the absolute glamour that goes in <laughs> well, a that, picture. That's a great metaphor for the overall amount of hard work that goes into producing a book like this. So congratulations. And um, tell us... Um, when it's coming out and uh, presumably available in all good bookstores. That's right. If it's not, it's not a good bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's available. It comes out on the 6th of April um, and next Thursday. But it's available right now to pre-order on Amazon. There's a link in my bio that takes you to the best place in your local area to get it from. You can get it pretty much all around the world. So, yeah, go and grab one, please. It, it's really... Now it's just not about whether this book sells or not. It's, it's not, it doesn't make any difference to me, but I know the huge amount of work that went into it from everyone else and the whole team. It was a huge team effort and I really wanted it to be a big success for them more than me. Oh, well, it's lovely. Well done. It's fantastic. So congratulations, Tony. And I'm sure you'll get a fabulous response from uh, people who do go out and invest in a copy. Thank you so much to Tony LeBritton and check out the show notes at janeperone.com where you'll be able to find out more about the book and how to get hold of a copy. And if you're a Patreon subscriber at the Legend or Superfan level, you can enjoy an extra chunk of chat with Tony in an extra leaf number 109, which is out now. We talk about running a houseplant shop, houseplant trends and why we both love flowering houseplants that is all for this week's show i am taking a week off next friday that's april the 7th 2023 because it's holiday time it's the easter holidays so i'm taking next friday off i'll be back on april the 14th so i do hope you and yours have a restful couple of weeks and i'll speak to you soon music you heard in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops, The Road We Used to Travel by Komiku, and Overthrown by Josh Woodward. All tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. Visit the show notes for details. <laughs>